Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Thanks for listening to our show. We never do that. We never thank them at the top, but I'm I thank you. We know there's lots of podcasts out uh-huh. there. Being freakers. <laughs> Chris Angel's new Chris project. Chris Angel's new project, Being Freakers. There's the dance kids. There's money. With a Got bunch of E's at the end. Money. Yeah. With a bunch of E's at the end. They're so fucking funny. Why all, aren't you listening to them? All married couples. All of them married. Uh, all talking about, you know, things related to things that they like. Murder gossip. Murder gossip. Twins. Exclamation point. They're twins and they gossip about murders. And they're so funny. And they're married. <laughs> and they're married. <laughs> But you have joined us, and I'm so thankful. There's so many airlines of podcasts that you could have flown, listened to today. You are in an improv mood today. Yeah. Just saying yes all over the place. To myself. <laughs> yes, me. Yes, me. Is the new way of doing it. <laughs> um, hey, do you have any of those small wonders that I crave so much? Oh, I mean, if okay. If you don't say you're chili, I'm probably going to say you're chili. You've talked about my chili well, before. Well, I just had it for dinner and lunch. Two chilies in a row. My doctor says not to do yeah, that. Yeah, this is probably not going to end well for My you. My <laughs> doctor says don't eat chili two meals, two days in a row. Yeah. And I said, whatever you say, doc. Wink. And then a bean falls out of my tear duct because of how <laughs> full of fucking chili I am. No, I was going to say, um, and I'm hesitant. Okay. Because it's early. Uh-oh. But I, I did enjoy watching The Golden Bachelor. Well, let's get into this. Um, I... I'm not totally bought in yet. I'm going to need a little bit more, I think. Uh, first episode, as I reminded Griffin, is always rough. There's too many people. You know, you're getting like five seconds. Everybody's super gimmicky. Yes. You know, like the whole point of the episode is like, you're not going to get enough of anyone and everyone's going to be uncomfortable. So I got enough of a lot of them, <laughs> I would say. Some of them were a little much, um, but I, I love that the ladies were supportive of each other. A lot of those earrings are incredible. Your dress looks amazing. Like, yeah. The quiet competition. Everybody here is so beautiful. Yes. The, the quiet competition that usually takes place in the first episode of a bachelor bachelorette season was not extant at all this no time. fights no fights uh no like backstabbing no so-and-so is here for the wrong reasons yeah <laughs> um it, it was just like it was very sweet um but i'm i'm gonna need a little bit more i'm gonna need it to get like a little bit complicated i think i wanted it to be a little bit more different because it yeah, was still true. very um First impression rose, everybody like standing around drinking cocktails, like Yeah, and a lot of it did feel like the the guiding hand of the producer felt very visible. Yeah, and somebody played a times. song on a guitar. That didn't do it for I didn't like that. <laughs> there was like, here's a letter from my grandchild supporting yeah. me on this journey. Uh, we'll see. the f- The first episode is always usually the worst. But. but I think I think this bachelor has potential. He seems comfortable on camera. He's, yes. he's a nice enough guy. Um, you know, definitely rooting for him. You got to. He's uh, up there. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how how it plays out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think I have some nostalgia for the franchise, obviously. So I was like, oh, it might be good to get back in there. And then I was like, no, there's still a lot I don't like about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm optimistic that they've changed just enough to like make it a, a new 
adventure. We're also watching Love is Blind right now, and it's, I'm pretty Ooh, sure the first boy. time only two couples have made it through the terrible crucible of the that, pods. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler, but but not because we're not going to give any details about right. which two. Well, okay, yeah, sure. But uh, they, they're setting it up kind of like they did last season, where it's like some couples didn't make it out of the pods, but maybe they'll get together. Yeah, Because there's just not. not. There's some real dirtbags, like some <sighs> real dirtbags this season. Yeah. Even for a Netflix romance reality show. There's some real dirtbags in the mix. Yeah. Um. So hopefully they don't get any more screen time than they've already had, but I, they probably they probably will. Um. As long as we're doing this roundup, Survivor's back, and it has <laughs> maybe the worst tribe. <laughs> this poor tribe has um. Just it's just a bad. It's a bad crew. It's a crew of that couldn't shoot straight. And, it, it was um, a little refreshing in a way, right? Because people come to this show so prepared now. Like everyone's studied the puzzles. Everyone's like you know worked on their fitness. But there's <laughs> one tribe this year, which it almost seems intentional because they took every person that was likely to have trouble being on Survivor and put and, them just in the them one together. tribe. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Sometimes that tribe can have a fun place post-merge because all of a sudden they're the spoilers who can tilt the scales in one direction or the other, assuming there's not just one or maybe even no one left from that tribe by the time the merge rolls around. That would I, be interesting. I will say they definitely did that challenge where they made him get real muddy. <laughs> Uh, right off the jump, yeah. <laughs> Which we assume is is somebody's thing. Some nasty producer. <laughs> It might uh, be Jeffrey. Who knows? Like, yeah, true. Um, but I think that might be enough for me. Yeah. I think I might be like, I don't want to be here anymore because I'm. Yeah, there was someone who did that, played that <laughs> car, which you don't see a lot of on Survivor. Someone saying, yeah. actually, this sucks out here. Mm -hmm. The food situation, you guys got to get it figured yeah. out. Um, I go first this week. Okay. I'm getting pretty um, esoteric on this one. And I sent you some videos to watch, so you're probably prepared for that, I hope. Yeah, you sent me three kind of related but unrelated videos. So I'm yes. curious how you're lumping this together. So I have talked about peripheral-based rhythm games before on this show. Stuff like Guitar Hero and, and Rock Band. Yes. Which were very formative and important to my college experience. It came out right in that sweet spot. And I spent so many nights playing those games with my friends. Um, but before that genre of rhythm games came around, uh, there was a different type of rhythm game that was popular. And this one doesn't rely so much on special controllers and licensed songs. Uh, so specifically, I'm talking about character-based rhythm games. Rhythm games with like original stories and soundtracks and characters. Arguably the most, not arguably, the most iconic of which is Parappa the Rapper. Uh, the 1996 PlayStation 1. Uh, I don't think it was a launch title, but it was pretty early. This is life. something that you've mentioned on a, a variety of podcasts. Yes. And so I was kind of surprised that we hadn't talked about it yet. Yes. Uh, but I think it's just because every time you say that phrase. A rap of the rapper? <laughs> it like checks off a little like chalkboard tick in my brain yeah. um, because it's such an unusual uh It is an unusual title and game and everything about it is just super duper weird. Uh, I, I was inspired to talk about this after a song from Parappa the Rapper came up on a, like a Spotify playlist 
Uh, and then I had to explain to Henry like what it was we were listening to yeah. because he wasn't really ready for that. Uh, so Parappa the Rapper it is a game about a rapping dog named Parappa who lives in this weird, flat, sort of papercraft world. All of the characters are, are two-dimensional, and when they move and turn, you just see them like sheets of paper uh, twir- twirling about. Uh, and throughout this game, which is incredibly short, it's six levels, it's six very short songs, you could power through this thing in like half an hour, which back in the day, not great. Not what you wanted when you've just spent, you know, what is essentially probably about $90 uh, counting inflation uh, on a game. Uh, throughout the game, you take Parappa through uh, different scenarios as he learns karate, bakes a cake, waits in line for a bathroom, and then ultimately performs a concert to impress his crush, who is a living flower named Sunny Funny. Um, can you can you say I don't know if you said this and I missed it, but when did it come out? Nineteen ninety six. Okay. Uh, so it, each each level, sort of each song has kind of call and response lines, where you had to copy your tutor for whatever level you were playing through a series of very very precise timed controller inputs. The songs are iconic. I can remember all six of them uh, really really well and. Inevitably, though, you would just kind of butcher the songs every time because if you missed by a frame the input, then all of a sudden it it is just like kick, chop, uh oh. It just doesn't sound like words anymore. Um, so I want to play the song that started this, the song that came on uh, that that Henry heard. My favorite song from Parappa the Rapper called Driver's Test, where a moose driving teacher who's named Inspector Mussolini, which is very good, uh, teaches Parappa how to operate a motor vehicle. So this kind of launched this developer named uh, Nana Onsha, which is a Japanese game company, and uh, they would go on to release a sequel to Parappa the Rapper and a remaster of this original game. But I actually prefer they released another sort of side story in the Parappa verse called Um Jammer Lammy, which is a character that was voiced by Sarah Ramirez, star of stage and screen. Uh, they were on uh, Grey's Anatomy and uh, Spam a Lot. Uh, they've done a bunch of stuff. I was surprised to see their name on the IMDb for this one. Uh, same sort of conceit, like flat paper world. Uh, and she is a lamb who is learning how to be confident in her guitar playing. At some point, she has to land a plane. At some point, she has to like put out a fire with the fire department through the power of guitar playing. At one point, she dies and goes to hell and then has to escape from hell with the power of her uh, her, her guitar playing so she can go play the, the world's greatest rock show with her band, Milk Can. Um, and, but it's very much the same thing as Parappa the Rapper. It's like somebody says a line and then you have to press the exact same inputs in time, only instead of rapping, you play guitar. And yeah, uh, the songs of this one I actually like better than Parappa the Rapper. It doesn't have the sort of like cultural impact that Parappa had, but I I love me some Um Jammer Lammy. Here's a song. It's the last song, which the title of it is very. This game came out in 1999. It's a very 1999 uh, game, very 1999 song title. It's called Got to Move, Millennium Girl. Yeah, I'm gonna play that now. <laughs> 
My favorite game from this genre is called Guitaru Man. Uh, it came out on PlayStation 2 in 2002, and they don't make games like these. Any, like, this genre yeah, that I'm describing uh-huh. does not exist and has not really existed since the Although PS2. they definitely have some, like, iOS games that are kind of like this, They have right? lots of iOS games, but not so many that uh, have, like, original songs, original True. characters. Like, yeah. I can't think of a, a, a rhythm game I've played that had, like original music that is in the Parappa style uh, since then. Guitar Man was from a developer called Inus, which is a, a Japanese company. It's an acronym that means infinite noise of the inner soul, which is very powerful. Ooh. In Guitar Man, you play as a boy named U1, uh, who kind of like Parappa, unpopular nerd, uh, until he learns that he is this guitar hero of legend uh, guided by a robot dog named Puma. Uh, the soundtrack for this game fucking rips. It goes through a bunch of different genres uh, of music. And unlike Parappa and Um Jeremy Lammy, it's not call and response. There's like different stages where you have to like sort of follow a line and press a button to like play guitar riffs and then your enemy will attack you and you have to like block it with like different timed inputs. So it's not just back and forth. Uh, so the songs are, I don't know, more listenable, I guess, because they're songs. Uh, and all of this culminates in just this fucking sick, like wild stallions uh, <laughs> guitar duet uh, called the Legendary Theme, which is just this over the top shredding guitar ballad that I'm gonna play uh, last year. These games were all really short and really weird. And like I said, like they don't really make them anymore. Uh, the, the Once Guitar Hero came out, there was this huge title shift in the, the genre where all of a sudden people just, you know, wanted to play songs that were real songs that they knew and play them with, with controllers, which rules. And I love all that. But I have so much nostalgia for these games because they symbolize like a lot of the PlayStation generation for me. Like that is... Those have been sort of uh, melded into like retro game nostalgia in the way that like Super Nintendo was once it reached a certain age. I feel that way about, you know, Parappa and Crash Bandicoot and and games from that era. Uh, And I know a lot of the people who played those games growing up also have like extreme fondness for them, which feels very special and and nice. And um, sometimes I'll go back and just listen to the Guitar Man soundtrack because it uh, is laps. A lot of those games aren't fun to play. Like I said, Parappa the Rapper, (laughs) if you miss a beat by like a second, the song drops into a minor key and there's duck quacking noises over That's it what was so confusing you are. is Griffin wanted to show it to us and he put on a playthrough which we assumed would be Good. somebody doing well but that was No, not. they failed several times which was a real disappointment. Um, but that's that's character-based rhythm games. I love them very much and I I maybe one day they'll make a they'll make a new one. Yeah. A, a comeback. Uh, can I steal you away? Yes. Great.
it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time. Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible. That's um th- for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, anything is possible. In the wow. Background. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderfulpod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderfulpod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is KT Wigman, Operations Specialist. I'm here with... Christian Duenas, producer, and we're both worker owners here at Maximum Fun. October is National Co-op Month, so we're celebrating our brand new co-op and some others with an event called Co-Optober. We've got special events all month long, starting with a live Q&A on YouTube where MaxFun worker owners will answer your questions on Friday, October 6th, and much more to come. 
We also want to tell you about some incredible limited edition merch, exclusively available to MaxFund members throughout the month of October. If you're already a member of MaxFund, you've shown that you care about our shows and what we do. If you also want to help launch us into this new cooperative era and show off your support, go ahead and get yourself a hat, a pin, a shirt. We worked with some of our favorite artists to make them really special. For details on merch, all of our upcoming events like Meetup Day and more, visit MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Happy Co-Optober. All right. You want to hear my thing? Yes, so bad. It's a little fancy pants. All right. You know me. I'm always resistant to being too fancy. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about espresso. Oh, yeah. That's fancy, right? I think so, yeah. I feel real fancy when I drink it. Well, yeah, it's so little, and little is fancy. When you drink a big, (laughs) like a big gulp, big gulp not fancy, unless you fill it with espresso, but that would get you jacked. It is. It's it's little. Uh, It's also like it's it it looks fancier than coffee. You know, there's like that little layer of what's called like crema. On the top. Oh, is that what you call that? Yeah. So I call it spume. <laughs> That's not good. I don't like that at all. That's what it is. I mean, um, same thing. When I worked in the Barnes and Noble coffee shop, we served Starbucks products, and we had to learn the variety of standards that Starbucks required of all employees serving their beverages. So I learned all about like using an espresso machine and what the espresso should look like and how long it could sit out before it wasn't good anymore. Did you have to use the little whisk, the fun little espresso whisk? Have you seen it? It's like you you put, put, I see, I get this TikTok a lot and they put like the the espresso stuff in a tiny little cup and then they use a whisk to even- Are you talking about like a milk foamer? No, not, it's like a, you know those things that you- uh, they're like wire, like claws oh, you yeah. put them on your hair and it feels good. It's yeah. like that, but you don't put them in your hair. You put them in your espresso. No, we never use that. Okay. The, the one thing that was fun, though, is we had kind of an old machine and it would always make two shots, like regardless of what you wanted to do. Like you would put it in the little like tamped thing. Right. And it would like pour out two shots. And so if somebody only wanted a tall Okay. You got to keep that extra shot. Oh, that's cool. For yourself. That's great. So my coffee consumption was out of control. I bet. I love the all the ritual that goes into like really fancy coffee production at home. The amount of gadgets and gizmos really appeals to me. The thought that first thing in the morning when both of our kids are awake that I could sneak off to the kitchen and do some quick Alchemy, uh, yeah, is, is not possible. Yeah, so so espresso machine. It is a um, highly pressurized hot water forced over coffee grounds to produce a very concentrated coffee drink with a deep, robust flavor. Yeah, uh, there is no standardized process for pulling a shot of espresso, um, but the the recommendation uh, from Italian coffee maker Ely is a jet of hot water at 88 to 93 degrees. That's so specific. uh, Through a seven gram cake-like layer of ground and tamped coffee. Uh, This was the big thing, was when I was making espresso, you had to like tamp it down, like dense enough. You gotta have a cake-like layer. 
Because you would time how long it took the water to get through that tamped layer. Okay. And if it went through too fast, you hadn't like tamped enough. And if it went through too slow, you had tamped too much. It was a that's whole process. Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely part of it, right? Is like the the, the process. Ritual? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the this like method of making espresso is usually attributed to Angelo Moriando of Turin, Italy, who was granted a patent in 1884 for a, quote, new steam machinery for the economic and instantaneous confection of coffee beverage. All right. <laughs> Which, like, at the time, the machine consisted of a large boiler that pushed water through a large bed of coffee grounds with a second boiler producing steam that would flash the bed of coffee and complete the brew. <laughs> Okay, so it's just fancy moonshine at that. <laughs> yeah, point, I'm picturing like, like an enormous machine. You know how like computers used to be the size of a whole room. Uh huh. Figuring that's what this was. Yeah, just like a huge distillery for like one cup of espresso. Do you think we'll ever have an espresso machine we can fit in our pockets? Ooh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> okay, cool. you'd have to carry hot water. Yeah, around too. And, and grounds. No, yeah. There's now all of a sudden you're like a Mr. Bean skit. <laughs> Uh, so, so the next kind of stage in it was uh, in 1903, there was another patent that invented the first pressure release valve, which meant the hot coffee would splash all over the barista from the instant release of pressure. That's huge. I can't <laughs> believe how long they went without that. What a high risk, high just reward. Just decades beverage. of people being like horribly burned. Yeah, I bet. Like, well, it's just part of That's it. That's espresso, baby. <laughs> When you see the smile on their satisfied faces, though, it makes the the scalding hot. Ow, fuck. <laughs> uh, the early machines could produce up to a thousand cups of coffee per hour, but relied exclusively on steam, which had the unfortunate side effect of imbuing the coffee with a burnt or bitter taste. Oh, yeah. Have you, you've probably had like super bitter espresso before. Yes. This used to happen. So prior to my Barnes and Noble, you know, experience i worked very briefly at like a bagel shop that also had an espresso machine and they gave us no training oh, whatsoever. No. <laughs> like we just knew that you put the grounds in there and you turned it on and then you took what came out and put it in a cup and so i had like well, i could have told you that we, we had people all the time coming up to us like oh man this is really bitter and i'd be like yeah i mean that's yeah just, it's espresso that's dude. just how it is <laughs> I had no idea. That's great. What an incredible power <laughs> dynamic that that <laughs> creates of like, yeah, it's bitter. It's espresso dog. I was like 15 maybe. And yeah, it, again, it was just like I, I had no idea how to do anything at all. And nobody ever trained me. I remember the first time I had like good coffee that was like prepared well. I think it may have been Intelligentsia in Chicago. All yeah. coffee drinks I had, had up until then were like kind of bitter and nasty. Uh, and then I had a good cup of coffee and was like, oh, I didn't know that there was like actually a a, a scale of quality that could reach this this high. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, because most places don't like specialize in it, That's you true. know, like I had a good cup. Where we? Oh, we went to Founding Farmers for lunch uh, over the weekend. And man, I had a good ass cup of coffee there. I don't know if you got any. I didn't. Oh, man. It was past my coffee time. That's right. Once it hits 11, I'm like, I'm not having any more coffee for at least five hours. Yeah. It's a very... It's, it's a weird rule. It's a doctor. It's a doctor recommended. Yeah. 
we should stop seeing this doctor that we go to that tells us when to when to eat chili and when to drink coffee. <laughs> um so I I personally I like espresso with like a little bit a little bit of milk in there. Yeah, sure. Um I don't usually do sugar, although when I I did go to Italy and <laughs> just made a face. <laughs> the at face it didn't translate, but you can picture it. Yeah, with that. It was face like was. if I had made a noise with the face, it would have been like. Hum. And the big thing I learned prior to going was that, like, uh, if you're not going to order food, you should just stand at the counter and drink your espresso really fast because sitting at a table is for people that are ordering food. Uh, and so I definitely would put sugar in there so I could down that thing super fast and get yeah. out of there. Oh, and that time that I mentioned earlier, that's six seconds. So if you let your espresso sit for longer than like six seconds without like turning it into a drink, like it is not supposed to be good anymore. Wait, what does that mean? So like what happens that like crema on the top, that like kind of rich foamy layer, yes, like. <laughs> yeah. What happens to it? <laughs> The like the quality will start to like disintegrate, and that's it gets more and more bitter basically the longer it sits. So, so you're, you're supposed, supposed to drink to, it within six seconds of it coming out of the machine. You're supposed to like do whatever it is you're going to do with it. So like pour it into a bigger drink, or oh, I see. Okay, you know, or add that's milk a pretty high margin of like error. Stir it around, whatever you're doing. Okay, yeah. no, I know, I know, and this again, this this may not be true. <laughs> This is what I remember from my experience at the Barnes & Noble Cafe, and I believe the year was 2005. So was there like a Starbucks representative there, like hanging over your shoulder, like one, two, <laughs> three? No. No, but it felt that way. That, okay. was, that was the environment. It was a real high stakes situation. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So I found an actual definition of crema. The crema is a layer of dense foam that forms on the top of the drink. Uh, it consists of emulsified oils in the ground coffee turned into a colloid, which does not occur in other brewing methods. Crema is produced when water placed under very high pressure dissolves more carbon dioxide, a gas present inside the coffee that is produced during the roasting process. They didn't say spume anywhere in here. That's weird. That is weird. Because that's what it said in the the manual. <laughs> For the, the manual? Yeah. For the bean... Squisher 4000, we have downstairs. We don't actually have an espresso machine, but we have a coffee machine. We have a coffee machine. That can it's make fine. espresso. And I, it I, does okay. I feel fancy every time I drink it. We do have special little cups for it. Which I, I did get like. the little cup. Oh, that's the best Sometimes part. Sometimes I got that four o'clock feeling. A lot of people get it at three. I get it at four. And sometimes I don't want to chug down a big, you know, cup of, cup of Joe, big cup of mud. I just want to get a little boost, a little mm -hmm. kick in the shorts. I know, and you just knock it back. Knock it back, no mm -hmm. problem. You're ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's espresso. There's like a lot of different drinks, obviously. You know, that that's like true, baby. I'm always talking about that. <laughs> like the latte and the cappuccino and the americano and all that stuff. I'm not going to talk about that. That's that's just you know icing on an already pretty good cake now we can't talk about that now we can't talk about ever it, cause, ever because you just i was actually going to do americano next week uh-huh 
Hey, thank you so much for listening. Again, I'll thank you at the front and the back bookend it. And we have some friends at home. Lucas says, my small wonder right now is the Korean reality competition show on Netflix called The Devil's Plan. Y'all got me and my partner into shows like Physical 100 and Siren and set us on this fun content journey. Thanks. This show is a compelling and engaging new and exciting way and a fun thing we can share after a long week at work or a tiring day. Netflix is trying really hard to get us to watch Yes, we are getting pushed that on our like cover page every time we open it up. We watch a trailer and it does look like our shit, but it also didn't tell us anything about what the yeah, game Yeah, I thought is. it had kind of a traitor's vibe, but I may have been reading too much into it. Yeah. Uh, Leora says, uh, I love and take for granted document recovery slash autosave. It is so, so nice when you forget to save your computer blue screens and your document is still there nice and safe on your computer rather than lost to the depths. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this isn't so much. I do most of my like document preparation on Google Docs, which cloud. like constantly saves like every mm-hmm. time you press a button. Um, but I do definitely, I had a, um, like a capstone paper in college that my computer crashed and luckily it, it autosaved, but it was like the scariest 90 seconds of my yeah. life. Um, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Uh, go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the good programming that they have there. We have some shows coming up in Philly and New York. We're doing Mabim Bam and Taz. Uh, Philly, October 11th. And then in New York uh, for New York Comic Con on the 12th and 13th. Uh, New York Comic Con has rescinded the 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 requirement that you have a badge for the Comic Con uh, in order to come to those shows. You just got to get a ticket now, uh, which you can do over at McRoy.Family and come see us. There's plenty of tickets available, and we would love to see you. It's gonna be fun. You do. You do. I notice when you do this, and it's probably just out of habit. You say we and us a lot, and I always feel the need to say like I I am not. The, I am you not part attend, of that. We you might attend the shows. Yes, so I, I will be present. It is accurate. But um, if you are coming to see us perform wonderful, right. that is wonderful not actually is not going to, yeah, not actually um, happening. And that's it. Oh, we have merch over at macroymerch.com. Some new new stuff for October, including an Amnesty Lodge candle, um, and and that's great. That's very exciting too. That's it. I gotta go. I gotta go hop on the bike and pick up our son. Yeah. Um, and maybe deliver some packages along the way mm, as a sort mm-hmm. of high octane. DC Courier, um, you know, Ted Cruz is like, got to get, get got to drop off my medicine at the, you got, I need my medicine. And I'm like, I got you, Ted. <laughs> yes, me. Yes, me. <laughs> I I can't wait to dump Ted Cruz's medicine down the sewer. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.